This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is Rays Radio. 1-0 pitch. Here's a swing and a drive. Left center field and deep. Did he do it again? Yes, he did! Welcome to Countdown to Opening Day. Kevin Longoria with his second home run of the ball game has just given the Rays a 5-4 lead. Coming up, we sit down with Rays players, coaches, and front office executives to discuss the latest news in Rays baseball. Archer deals, swing and a miss. He got to chase the slider to retire the sign. That's eight strikeouts for Chris Archer, and the slider finishes off the Orioles in the fifth. Now here's your host, Neil Solons. Good afternoon. Hope you're enjoying your Sunday. Show moves from Port Charlotte to Dunedin, where today the Rays are taking on the Toronto Blue Jays for the first time this spring. The first of three meetings between these AL East rivals. Rays will see the Blue Jays in the regular season during the course of the first homestand. Today is actually four weeks from opening day when the Rays take on the New York Yankees at Tropicana Field. It seems like a long ways from now because there's so much to do between now and then. The Rays still have not had three of their regulars play the field as of yet, that being Logan Morrison. Matt Duffy and uh, also Colby Rasmus and Brad Boxberger has yet to pitch out of the bullpen. On the Blue Jays side, Josh Donaldson, who has been bothered by a calf injury, is yet to play for Toronto. But uh, for March the 4th, we do have a number of regulars in the lineup today. On the Rays side, Evan Longoria, Brad Miller, Kevin Kiermeyer among those playing, Jose Bautista, Kevin Pillar, Troy Tulowitzki, and Russell Martin are among those in the lineup for the Jays. And Alex Cobb will start opposite one Marcus Stroman, which certainly can be considered a matchup you could see during the course of the regular season. And now today actually starts the World Baseball Classic, so that will be a focus on our show today, as will pitching. Of course, Chris Archer made his last pitching appearance before he goes on to the World Baseball Classic yesterday, and he was perfect over three innings against the Orioles, striking out five. We're going to hear from him. Jake Odorizzi, we learned yesterday, has been named as an alternate to the World Baseball Classic. Congratulations to him as well. You'll be hearing from him during the portions of our broadcast. Uh, In addition, on today's Countdown to Opening Day show, beyond Chris Archer, Jim Hickey, the pitching coach of the Rays, will join us, and we'll kind of take an overlook at what's to come in this season and also how they're managing with a longer-than-normal spring training. Again, uh, this is about the time that you would have the first full weekend of games, and here we are for the Rays. This is already their 10th game of the spring. Uh, It's number 10 of 34 if you count an exhibition against Columbia that will come up this week. The other unique thing about this weekend is the Rays have a bunch of days bunched up in the Tampa Bay area. Game here Sunday, an off day on Monday, and then on Tuesday they'll play the Yankees in Tampa for a game at home Wednesday night. So a lot of the regulars get to spend a few days at home. Most of them left after Saturday's game, after yesterday's game, and now get to spend some time at home. And uh, they'll enjoy that for the next few days as they gear up for the 20 2017 season. Now, when we return to our countdown to opening day show, again, we'll hear from the pitching coach of the Rays, Jim Hickey. We'll do that and more as we continue from Dunedin right after this. You're listening to Countdown Opening Day on 620 WDAE and the Rays Radio Network. Welcome back. Neil Solon's with you on Countdown to Opening Day. Today, the race getting set to take on the Blue Jays. First time that Kevin Kiermeyer will play alongside Malik Smith in the outfield. Malik's is in right field today. Now, 
But most of our program today focusing on pitching. Certainly the defense from those two outfielders will help. Big challenge for the Rays this year in spring training is getting their pitching staff sorted out, especially the bullpen. I had a chance to sit down with pitching coach Jim Hickey and asked how they are right now handling a longer-than-normal spring training. Well, for the most part, we tried to identify the guys that we thought would be kind of our core guys and slowed them down a little bit so that they're not appearing in games on the 24th of February, which, you know, it's, it's really not necessary. The starters are still going to get their normal workload. The relief pitchers are still going to get their normal workload. But the one nice thing about it is it gives you a little bit of an opportunity to look a little bit more uh, frequently at guys that maybe wouldn't get a chance to pitch that much. You know, some of the younger guys that we have in camp, uh, you know, the guys like Jamie Schultz and Faria. I'll just throw a couple names out there. But you know, there's a whole long list of those guys. I, you know, before we get to the core, how impressed have you been with some of the young guys in camp that maybe you, you don't know as well or you're seeing maybe for the second time in spring training? Overall, I've been pretty impressed with the way every, everybody's thrown the ball for the most part. Uh, you know, we've put the ball in the strike zone, which is always job number one, especially early in spring training. You know, sometimes the pitchers, uh, they're, they're ahead of the hitters, so they like to take advantage of that, you know, and get them swinging at breaking balls out of the strike zone and things like that. But we really encourage them to uh, be in the strike zone and be in the strike zone by design to get ahead uh, and then go ahead to put guys away, you know, when it is appropriate. But overall, I've been very impressed. And generally speaking, how much can you put in spring training? Um, in terms of because you will have roster decisions that are made where a lot of guys like yourself are involved in that well personally i really don't uh, i don't count spring training very heavily at all nor do i count the month of september uh, much at all of course if a guy just simply really really opens your eyes whether he's a hitter and he hits you know 10 home runs or he's a uh, a pitcher and he makes 10 scoreless appearances you're certainly going to take note of that but certainly more in the process you know of how he he gets there uh, not so much the end result and, and on the other hand as well you know a guy could go out there and give up two three and even four runs in an inning uh, and actually have thrown the ball pretty well so it's a it's a tightrope act you know it's a tough thing to to balance but the, the results are nowhere near as important to, to us, you know, in this building as it would be to probably the general public. Because the reason I asked that, for instance, a couple few years ago, I remember when Fernando Rodney came in camp and he really opened eyes the way he was throwing and he carried over to the regular season. Is there normally or is that kind of the rather different than the norm? Well, I think that's probably different than the norm. But the thing that opened eyes was velocity. And that's something apart from results. You know, if you get somebody in here, let's just say Stanek, for example, or a guy like Jose Alvarado, and these guys are averaging 98 miles an hour with their fastballs, that's going to open your eyes. Absolutely. You're going to pay a little bit more attention to that. Um, But also remember that the year Fernando Rodney came in here and uh, did open some eyes. Um, He wasn't even going to be the closer. That was going to be Kyle Farmer worth job prior to an injury so it's funny how things work out and speaking of i would say the bullpen is probably the area where you guys are trying to figure out roles but really going into this weekend guys have maybe made one appearance so there's not a whole lot to take into what's happened so far in camp right we've held those guys back for the most part they probably all will make their debuts by the by the end of this weekend Uh, they'll be on pace to make 10 or 11 appearances whatever it is uh, that they feel like they need and i really don't start paying much attention until about the middle of march so we've got an off day, I think, on March the 16th and maybe post-off day, you know, start paying a little bit more attention. But you've also got a group that has a lot of experience now, at least guys who have finished games before. I mean, you add Sean Tolleson, Brad Boxberger, Alex Colomay, uh, Danny Farquhar. All those guys have pitched at least at the end. Tommy Hunter have all pitched the end of games, too. Yeah, you're looking at a bunch of guys that uh, have saved 30 ball games. I think there's four guys in that group, if not five, that have saved uh, you know 30 major league ball games in a season. So that's pretty impressive, you know. And we're always uh, you know betting on the come, and that's certainly the case with Tommy Hunter and uh, Sean Tolleson. And those guys have been actually pretty impressive so far. Uh, 
uh, to work with, and uh, I really look forward to seeing what they're going to do. And certainly it makes it easier on them if the starters do their job. Mm-hmm. You know, Alex Cobb, his first outing of the spring earlier this week, you know, he, he still says his changeup has a long way to go, but for this early, it seemed like he's certainly throwing a lot better than he did at this time, you know, at last year. Uh, to- totally. Uh, he's in great shape right now. He's his own worst uh, critic, and sometimes, you know, not not it's not a productive thing, actually, but his changeup was uh, more than major league adequate yesterday. He got a bunch of foul balls on it. When he really gets it sharp, it's probably going to be a lot more swings and misses, you know, which is, you know, what he's hoping for, that it becomes that strikeout pitch again. Uh, but you know what? The curveball, too. The curveball was sharp. He dropped it in for strikes uh, four times in, in two innings for first pitch strikes. Um, his fastball command was good as well, so I'm extremely pleased with where he's at. What can he mean to the overall staff in terms of just allowing guys, because uh, Chris Archer has been honest that maybe he put too much pressure on himself earlier in the year. Having a veteran guy like that on the staff, how can it trickle down to the other guys? Well, having a veteran guy like that, a guy that's been there, done that, it really, really helps. It could take a lot of pressure off the other guys, but I think even more so in Alex's case is the fact that he is kind of a sinker ball pitcher and he's different than the rest of our pitchers. You know, you got Oda Rizzi and you've got Archer uh, and you've got these guys that kind of ride the ball through the strike zone and Alex gives you a little bit of a different look and I think that was a little bit of a disadvantage to us last year at times when you'd run four consecutive guys out there that all had pretty similar pitch qualities. So uh, he's going to help from a veteran leadership standpoint. He's going to help from a performance standpoint. Absolutely. And then he's going to help from a standpoint of giving you a little bit of a contrast, a little bit of a different look. Which, how important is that? Because when you guys were at your best, you probably did have a lot of different looks with the starting staff. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. That is, it's extremely important. You know, you go into a four-game series against Toronto, and you have four very similar pitchers, and you know it can, it can be a little bit of a disaster. So hopefully, that breaks that up a little bit. Blake Snell, um, the lefty right now among the starting pitchers, what growth can he and steps can he take forward this year? Well, command of the fastball, uh, not trying to do too much with the off-speed stuff. I would expect him to take the types of steps that the guys that have been through here in the past in their second campaign uh, have taken. Whether it's a guy like David Price or a Matt Moore. Or, or Chris Archer, you know, had the, the the big, huge year. I would expect him to be extremely, extremely productive, uh, really, really good, uh, win a bunch of ball games, and, you know, it would not surprise me if he was the best of the bunch at the end of the day. That's saying something. And Chris Archer going to the WBC after this weekend, what are you, your hopes, aspirations for him? <laughs> my, my hopes are that he pitches three very productive innings and comes back to us in good shape. Uh, obviously, he's very, very talented. I think that the big thing with him, that the big stepping stone is going to be command of his fastball. And I think that he's, he's showed that. He's also showed a very good changeup this spring as well. And if he starts to utilize that a little bit more, uh, that'll really, really help him. You know, last year, I, I think it just got a little bit ugly because of the amount of losses, but he really didn't pitch uh, considerably different than he did the year before when everybody was raving about him. So um, a lot of times these things, you know, are kind of out of your control, but I think there are some things he can control and improve on, I think. And that is one Jim Hickey, again, pitching coach for the Tampa Bay Rays. And we certainly thank him for joining us on our Countdown to Opening Day show. As we continue, we'll hear from a guy he just spoke about, that being Chris Archer, and get his thoughts on going to the WBC and where he can improve in 2017. We continue with Countdown to Opening Day today from Dunedin, right after this on 620 WDAE and the Rays Radio Network. Back on Countdown to Opening Day, we'll so on with you today from Dunedin, where the Rays are getting set to take on the Blue Jays. Second spring tune-up for one Alex Cobb. Of course, Chris Archer already has made a couple of tune-ups. He's completed his prep for the World Baseball Classic. Three perfect innings yesterday and five scoreless so far this spring. I asked Chris, who represented Team USA as an amateur, what it's like to receive this honor. When I first got when the first news, got 
Joe Torrey sent me a text and said, hey, I want to gauge your interest on pitching for Team USA. And I called him immediately and said, you don't have to gauge my interest. I'm all in 100%. As long as I finish this season healthy and nothing crazy happens in the offseason and my team's on board, I want to do this. I want to represent. And I want to also kind of pave the way for for higher-end pitchers to attend the WBC because I think that's what America has been – has been lacking the past few WBCs. Just we haven't had high-end pitching, and, and pitching's obviously one of the most important elements of the game. So with that lineup that they ran out there and the guys that are on board to pitch, I'm, I'm super excited to represent the country. As mentioned, you did it before. How different is it now than, let's say, when you did it as an amateur and you, you faced Cuba and you had a great performance? Yeah, it's different. It's just on a whole different level. Uh, you're, you're a part of Major League Baseball and not Minor League Baseball. It's, you know, it's still professional and you're still facing high-end talent, but the guys that you're in the room with are just on a completely different level. And to think that that was seven years ago and I'm at where I'm at, I, I really couldn't ask for a much better situation to be in. But you're still wearing you know, the USA jersey. How much did it mean to you then? And, and can you put into context what it means when you're standing on the white lines you know, for the anthem? You know what? I'll have to talk to you about that part when I get back. It's definitely going to be special uh, representing the USA, especially in, in this time, uh, showing that we can be united, even though regardless of your political views, we can be united. And this country is a great place for opportunity. It's going to be nice to represent that. How is your spring training different? I mean, the Rays have done a pretty good job spacing out your starts. Um, it doesn't seem like you're doing that much more. But did you prepare any differently in the offseason? Honestly, I've a lot of people have asked me that question, and I haven't done a whole lot different. I've I started throwing maybe a week earlier. I'll, I mean, but for the most part, I've thrown an extra bullpen or two. Um, but it's not a whole lot different, honestly. Uh, for me, it's just taking that mentality, just understanding the intensity, throwing maybe with a little more intensity. Because at the beginning of spring training and early in the off season, it's it's pretty loose, you know, you're taking it really easy. I made sure to be a little bit more intense in my bullpens, my live batting practice, and even in my first game. So much is made, and this goes for all 30 teams. You know, they're worried. They want everyone to do well in the WBC, but they also want to make sure guys stay healthy. Do you believe, though, that it could help you in terms of preparation for the regular season? Because you are, in essence, in more game, it's more of a game, real game situation. Totally. You you mentioned that a week or so ago after everybody had been asking the negatives. There are some positives to it. And for me, it'll help me get a jump start. I feel like this April is going to be a lot better than last April because I'm not going to be just messing around and throwing on a backfield. Last year, I think I only threw in two actual spring training games. One game got rained out. I had to throw in the cage. And then my last start was against the Blue Jays, and we were opening up against the Blue Jays, so I had to throw seven innings on a backfield, which it's okay, but it's not ideal. Um, It's okay to throw maybe back there one time, twice at most, but I think I ended up throwing back there like three times, and it was just not enough, not enough intensity, and I think this is going to put me on the right path. Let's touch on, on the path for this season. What did you take away from last year? Where do you want to grow the most this year? I think I learned a lot, obviously. Um, 
about just myself, about my teammates, about the coaching staff. Everybody was in my corner. Everybody was super positive whenever those first eight weeks went by and I was not pitching to my capabilities whatsoever. Um, but at the end of the day, I don't have to do anything more than just be Chris Archer. Nobody expects any more, any less. So I'm just going to go out there and be me. And I, I did that probably my last 20 starts of the year, and I got much better results. I'm still striving to be better than that. But I feel like my last 15 to 20 starts was a lot closer to me being me, and it was just a shift in mentality. Do you think also having a, a veteran like Alex Cobb, and I know he's still working his way back to what he was, but having a guy like that in the rotation with you allows you also maybe to be more you and Jake Jake, and, and, and so on? Uh, Cobb is really going to help complement our team. Uh, you know, we're not going to feel like we have to carry all the load, carry all the burden. And that's what I really just wanted to stress early on in spring training. We have to do our thing, but we don't have to do anything more than like I said earlier, more than what we're capable of. We just fill up the strike zone, and our stuff is good enough to play. When we start trying to be too fine and falling behind, then nobody can be successful that, that way. It doesn't matter who you are or the stuff that you have. So once and, – and you look at Odorizzi's second half. He was an, if, if it was split in first-half All-Star and second-half All-Star, he would have been a second-half All-Star. So uh, it's going to be nice to have – 30 starts of Jake Odorizzi, 30 starts of Cobb and myself, and a matured Blake Snell, and, and, and Jarese is looking pretty promising as well. And it's not like there isn't a depth issue because you look after that, and it seems, you know, again, it's early in spring training, there are a lot of talented arms. Yeah, I mean, guys that go unnoticed, like Chase Whitley, uh, we have some higher-end prospects down there waiting in the in the fold as well. We have some electric arms. It's, I think we're much more equipped this year from from a bullpen perspective and from a starting pitching perspective than we were 365 days ago. Well, we look forward to what hopefully will be a much more successful 2017 season than 2016, and we also hope you enjoy yourself and uh, do very well in the World Baseball Classic. Chris Archer, thanks again for joining us. Yes, sir. Thanks, sir. And that is Rays pitcher Chris Archer. Again, he threw five scoreless innings in preparation for the World Baseball Classic. And we learned yesterday, Jake Odorizzi is going to be added as an alternate for the subsequent rounds after the first, assuming Team USA advances. Certainly that's something we'll chat about with Dave and Andy. We'll continue with them and wrap up the program in just a moment. Again, we're in Dunedin today for the Rays and the Jays. They'll have the play-by-play of that. You're listening to Countdown to Opening Day on 620 WDAE and the Rays Radio Network. Welcome back. Neil Solon's with you on the Countdown to Opening Day show on 620 WDE and the Rays Radio Network. Now joined in the booth by Dave and Andy as we get set for the Rays and the Jays. And you know, one of the things I wanted to touch on with you guys is neither of our interviews, uh, Chris Archer or Jim Hickey, the news came down yesterday that Jay Coderizzi is now an alternate. I had a chance to speak with him this morning. We're going to hear that during the game broadcast. But what was your take about Jake being named an alternate? You know, he has always been a guy, even though he's been traded for big players, has never been thought of as a top-of-the-rotation sort of pitcher. And the guys that are in the World Baseball Classic tend to be top-of-the-rotation sort of guys. Not all of them, mm-hmm. uh, certainly around the league, but I'm happy for him. He should be getting recognition. I think of all the starters last year for the Rays, if there was one guy that you could count on from opening day to the end of the season to give you your basic good performance, not always flashy, not always great, but a good, solid performance. And, and what more could you want out of a guy like Jake Odorizzi? You know what you're going to get. You know, that's that's a manager's dream. There's no doubt. When they hand the ball over, they know they're going to get everything that he has to offer on that particular day. You know, uh, nothing against Jake, though, but again, I, as we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, it, it does kind of talk a little bit about the lack of depth, though, that's in 
the, mm-hmm. uh, the the WBC, especially for the American pitchers. I mean, uh, that's one of the reasons why I still don't know if this tournament's ever going to grab on and, and attract the fans because when you don't have the best of the best, like a Madison Baumgartner, Clayton Kershaw, you know, even David Price, some of the other guys, Rick Porcello, uh, you know, those guys aren't in the WBC. Uh, you know, I mean, Jake is a number two or number three guy in our staff, and he's going to be an alternate. But I, I am happy for him. I mean, here's a guy that uh, nothing's been given to him. Nothing's been given mm-hmm. to Jake Odorizzi. He's had to fight and claw and scratch to get everything he's got. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I wish him the best. I congratulate him. I'm happy for him. And, uh, you know, like these are the kind of things that, Kind of, you know, bust out your chest a little bit too, and make you probably pitch with a little more confidence going into the season as well. How about Chris Sale? Also, all three of those big Red Sox guys are all Americans, mm-hmm. and none of them are going to the World Baseball Classic. Indeed. Let's touch on one other thing because the pitching staff, if it's going to be better for the Rays this year, needs better defense. And the thing I'm most interested today about is Malik Smith playing side by side in the outfield with Kevin Kiermeyer, and the impact that can have during the regular season. Well, we got a lot of fly ball pitchers, so that's uh, definitely going to help uh, if they can. If again, Malik's can adjust to playing somewhere in the corner outfield and. Uh, I think as Kevin Cash said prior to the game today, he's going to have to. If he wants to play, he's going to have to learn how to play one of the corner outfield spots because we've got the best center fielder in the game on our team. So looking forward to seeing how he does out there. I think with uh, Alex Cobb, I'm looking forward to see how the infield infield uh, mm-hmm. defense does. Uh, though Those are big keys as well because we really need uh, those guys to make the everyday play. I'm not worrying about the spectacular play, but ground balls to step or two to your left or right. And the ground ball's right to you. Those guys have to make the plays. I think the outfield defense is going to get better this year for the Rays. I'm curious how the slim down Corey Dickerson maybe gains a step or two. Suze is a really good defensive outfielder also, mm-hmm. but Kiermaier might be the best of this generation. Wouldn't it be a shame to let that go to waste if you have a guy already playing from left center to right center to not have good corner guys that can really make you have what we used to have when it was Crawford and BJ in left and center? Totally agree. Great stuff as usual, guys. And again, Dave and Andy will have the play-by-play coming up between the Rays and the Jays. want to thank our guests on the program today, those being Jim Hickey along with Chris Archer. On our program next week, the bench coach of the Rays will join us, Tom Foley, and we'll sit down with Brad Miller. As Dave mentioned, infield defense is important, and Brad adjusting to his new spot at second base. want to thank our coordinators back at our studios, Len Martez and Jason Berenger, and for my on-site engineer, Mark Hayes, a terrific job as usual. Neil Solon saying this is Countdown to Opening Day. Thanks for joining us on 620 WDAE and the Rays Radio Network. Thank you for listening to Countdown to Opening Day. Follow me on the 1-2 pitch. Long drive to right. Susie going back to his left at the warning track. Jumps up, makes the catch. Slams against the wall. Secured the baseball and the victory for the Rays. If you missed any of the show, download it at RaysBaseball.com slash podcasts. The lefty holds the belt. Now pitches to Miller. Swing and a high fly ball. Deep right center field. Eaton turns around. Join us for opening day on April 2nd as the Rays host the New York Yankees. Now the 1-1 pitch on its way. Swing and a drive. Deep right field. For tickets or for more information on the Rays, visit RaysBaseball.com.